I don't need help. I'm not in an abusive relationship. This is just how it is for us. It's a lie we tell ourselves, one that many in abusive relationships repeat until they believe it. But there's hope. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence. This show is about hope. You will hear from survivors of abuse, and their stories may sound familiar. They may even inspire hope. Our goal is to connect with others in these toxic relationships to offer that hope, and with supporters of our mission, anyone willing to help get rid of abuse in our culture. We also talk with the experts in the field, from the officers on the front lines of domestic abuse calls to the therapists and advocates helping survivors navigate this complicated road of recovery. If you're in need of help, please visit our website or call our 24-7 hotline, 800-828-2023. And if this is an emergency and you need help immediately, please call 911. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship with your host, Claudia Pauls. Thank you for joining us once again. This is I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, and we've had the privilege of talking to survivors um, about their experiences in relationships. We've also uh, been able to uh, talk with and interview staff members and um, people who are helping those who are in abusive relationships. But Deborah Hackworth is here with us today. Day to, uh, she's the director of advocacy services for DASIS. And Deb, I know people may have neighbors or friends or relatives who they suspect might be struggling with um, problems at home, whether it would be domestic violence or assault or um, looking at something from the outside. Do you have some advice to people who want to help? I mean, how, what? I don't even know how to phrase the question because it would be such an odd circumstance to be thinking something is something is wrong over there. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to help, but I feel like I should do something. So if you have a family member who you suspect is in an abusive relationship, um, the best way to approach that person is make sure that you're approaching them from a um, position of support. Mm-hmm. At DASIS, we take a client-centered approach, which means we start from the place of wanting to understand that individual situations and what their concerns are and let them be the expert on their life. So many times when we want to help someone, we figure that we have all the answers for them mm-hmm. because they're in an, a bad situation. However, they're the experts on their life. And so if you're talking to a friend, you can use the same Um, strategy, not coming to them with your own agenda and your own ideas, but being open um, and listening. One thing you could say is, um, I've seen, um, I haven't seen much of you lately and I'm concerned, or it seemed like there's been a lot of stress around your relationship. How are you doing? Um, I wanted to check in on you and see how you're doing. Keep it as an open discussion rather than um, opening up with um, coming from a place of condemnation Mm -hmm. or accusation. Right. Not I think something's wrong when you're not in that relationship anyway, being able to listen and invite them. And sometimes, well, everybody says, hey, how are you doing? And really, that doesn't mean how are you doing? It means hello, I'm moving on to the next thing, but right, to right. really to really say, no, I'm serious, how are you doing? Can I 
you want to tell me anything? Can I listen to what it is? Exactly. And um, so many times you're absolutely right. When we see someone and we say, hi, how you doing? It's um, as we're moving and, mm-hmm. um, and we don't stop to really listen to what the answer is. We don't even sometimes expect an answer. It's exactly, just, yeah. mm-hmm. exactly. And if you ask someone, if you really want to have an open um, conversation with someone, you don't ask them um, a question that just requires a one-word answer. How are you doing? Fine. Mm-hmm. Well, then they've answered your question. But tell me about your day. Tell me um, what's going on with you? Um, tell me what's going on in your life. Those are open-end questions that you'll get more dialogue out of. Uh, a friend of mine said the other day, she said that um, if you ask someone how they're doing and they say fine, fine stands for feeling um, feeling insecure, neurotic, and emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to use that now. <laughs> Wow. So what one thing we need to understand is that domestic violence is a complicated issue. It's not as simple as who did what to whom. It's about power and control. It's about one person trying to gain and maintain power and control over that other person. And so um, there's layers to it. It's not something that's simple, but something that... um, it may take time for that person to even want to open up to you um, to talk about it. So in training, I train my advocates to be active listeners. Mm -hmm. And active listening means um, listening without judgment, listening without trying to decide what you're going to say next, you know, just really listening, being in tune. And with active listening and um, and empathy, what that does is open up a space for someone to feel comfortable in sharing their feelings with you. That doesn't necessarily mean that they have to, but you've provided an environment where that kind of um, feeling sharing and secret sharing um, is possible. Mm-hmm. Well, and also opening that door for them. They may not walk in the first time or two or ten but Mm -hmm. if they know that you are there that you are willing to listen and you're asking something might seem a little off and even if they don't talk to you the first time having that door open for them has got to be helpful I would think absolutely for someone who's been isolated which is one of the tactics that abusers use to know that there's someone that they can trust someone who cares that they can go to is very important. Confidentiality, whether you're bound by confidentiality as a social worker, an advocate, or whatever profession that you're in, um, whether or not you're bound by those rules legally, confidentiality when someone is sharing their pain with you is important. Mm -hmm. So um, even if you feel like you need to share with someone because you're concerned and you want to find out how to help, helping that person maintain their autonomy to tell their story when they're ready to tell their story is very important. Um, Going to someone else, even under the premises of I was trying to help can destroy the confidence that that person has in you and further isolate them to their abuser. So really by asking, by being concerned, you're kind of taking some of that on 
on yourself as well when you're there with a family member or friend and willing to help. And realizing that is going to be a big commitment as well. So they need to be able to trust you. You need to be able to trust yourself if Mm -hmm. you're learning things that, you know, you might have suspected something was not correct or not going well. Absolutely. Um, That's going to be some some hints to maybe help someone if they're going to begin to learn things about a friend or a relative not to rush in and say well I'm going to fix this or I'm going to take which would be you know if you're right. if you're a mom or whatever that's kind of your first thing well we're going to fix these things for you that's right that's I'm sure not going to be the right response that is going to help the friend right so often when someone comes to you and they're in need of help what we want to do is rescue them Mm -hmm. instead of helping them figure out what their options are in that situation and we want them to do it on our timeline oh yeah instead of in the time that's um, right for them we have to realize they're the experts on their life even if we feel like they're making a mess of their life they know their lives better than we do we know their abuse they know their abuser better than we do Mm -hmm. and so even if I've been in an abusive relationship and I can share that experience with someone what worked for me to get out of my abusive relationship may not work for that person and so in talking to them find out you know well what is working what has worked you know come open being ready to listen more than you're ready to speak. Um, my dad often says, he learned this when doing prison ministry, we give, we are given two ears and one mouth. Mm-hmm. That's because we need to listen twice as much as we speak. And when we want to help someone, um, we all become um, armchair psychologists and we're full of this good information and and good advice, um, but what that person really needs is for someone to hear them. Well, and I would also think along with being heard, they it has to be a, a huge burden, not only the assault and the problems itself, but keeping it silent, keeping it a secret, not letting people know that things are not going well. So when you finally do decide to, to be able to share that information with someone, that opens up a whole new set of things that you would be afraid of, I would think. Yeah, but that is the first step to freedom because abuse thrives in silence. Um, Abusers want that person to feel like they're alone. The abuser wants that person to feel like they're alone and they can't turn to anyone. And and the less that the abuse is talked about, the less that we Mm -hmm. talk about it in society, the less that um, pastors are talking about it over the pulpit, that actually gives the abuser power in order to continue to abuse. Because if we're not talking about it, if we're not standing up and saying that this is wrong, especially when we see it Mm -hmm. and it's in our faces, we're part of the problem. Mm -hmm. We are um, saying that this is okay. So saying nothing is not an option anymore. That's why I'm so proud that we're doing this podcast because we're saying something. We're getting the word out there. We're saying this is not okay. We're standing up for all victims, whether they're men, women, boys, girls, 
you know, whether they're in heterosexual relationships, same-sex relationships, we're standing up for victims. We're saying that abuse is not okay. We won't be silent anymore, and there is help out there for those who need help. And, the, and you can heal. You can heal from what you've been through. And we have talked with so many people already just just starting this podcast who have come through mm-hmm. their abusive situation and with hope and healing and help uh, from an organization like DASIS or from family members or mm-hmm. from professionals, you really can heal and um, move forward and have a great life and be able to, to even help other people, which many of the uh, survivors have have spoken about being able to then help others along the way too. I'm a strong believer that um, what we go through isn't just um, for us, but it's to be able to reach back and help someone else and help pull them through what they've been through. And so what I went, what I may have gone through really sucked. Mm -hmm. But when I meet someone else who's in that situation that I've been able to work my way out of, I then have a roadmap of what you know things that could happen things that possibilities and that person sees someone who has been through what they've been through and overcome what they've gone through which then provides hope absolutely um along with that you mentioned earlier about abuse thriving in silence that's Mm -hmm. a powerful statement right there um and not people not calling it out and not saying things that could intervene but if you look at the perpetrator every time they get away with it they get stronger and every time someone doesn't call them on it or say hey that has to stop or Mm -hmm. the victim doesn't you know say this must stop i mean that just makes them stronger and stronger yeah i believe that if you see something you should say something to that perpetrator not necessarily to the victim in front of the perpetrator of the violence but say something to that perpetrator especially if you have a personal relationship with them hey i see how um you were acting and you know that that's not good that's not cool you know there's a better way um, of doing things than how you're doing it Um, Is this the example that you want to set for your children? Do you want your boys to follow this path? Do you want your girls to think that this is the way that relationships are? You know, children don't necessarily do what they're told, but they do what they see. And that's how the cycle of violence um, continues. Because whether we want to or not, if we don't learn a different way, we are bound to repeat the same mistakes as our parents. Mm-hmm. Very true. If you are, if you gain someone's trust and you're talking with or listening, not talking, you're listening and they're telling you things that as a listener, you know, need changed, fixed, improved. How, how, how can you help them come to, you can't like, well, you need to do this. How do, how do you help someone come to the realization that they themselves need to be able to save themselves almost. Well, I would definitely get rid of the um, statement, you need to, mm-hmm. <laughs> because that will shut someone down. Absolutely. Right away. That, um, again, is taking away their power and control to make the choices in their lives. So, um, hey, you know, Claudia, 
I see that you you tell me that this is a situation that's going on with you and I know of some resources that maybe you could look into that um, can help you through this situation. I know of this agency in town. It's called Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. And I just happen to have their 800 number here. It's 1-800-828-2023. And you can call that number and talk with an advocate. I don't have all the answers for you, Claudia, but I am more than happy to help you find um, the answers that you're looking for, and I'm here to support you as you find those answers that's right for you. That's the perfect answer to that. So if you are listening and you do have a friend or family member that you would like to reach out to, go prepared while mm-hmm. you're listening, it, it, just in case you you really do get a chance to offer some information some well, not even advice really, but some options mm-hmm. that that person can then, take advantage of or wait take advantage of them later but just having information is the first step to really being able to to alter that situation I met a young lady and I could tell by some things that she said and some things that she was going um, through that she was in an unhealthy relationship and so I wanted to give her our 1-800 card but I didn't want, she hadn't said I'm in a, in an abusive relationship. So how I approached it was, I want to give you this card. You may not need it, but someone in your life may need it. And so you hold on to this card and, you know, and hopefully one day down the line, it'll help someone else. This is a true story. This lady, she was on the bus in Three Rivers, and she had um, picked up one of our 800 cards years ago. Mm. And she just had it in her wallet. And she saw a young lady on the bus who um, had who was battered. Mm-hmm. And she she began to think, I want to help this young lady. How can I help her? And she began rummaging through her purse because she knew at some point she had picked up this card and she dug um, through her purse and through her wallet and she found our 800 card. She handed it to the young lady, the young, and she was like, if you need help, this organization can help you. And that's all she said. She never gave her name or anything she was like I've been carrying this card around for years um, for this moment that exact moment and Mm -hmm. so um, the young lady ended up calling our shelter coming to our shelter and I you know so often we don't get to see what happens um, after they leave our shelter but at least that was a good seed planted. She was safe for that moment. And, you know, hopefully she's still safe today. Well, and once you build that first link, you know, mm-hmm. if if she was safe for that moment, even if, you know, things continued not to be healthy, she still knew how she could get safe again. One link at a time sometimes. Absolutely. Everyone who comes into our agency um, don't get all their problems solved. I wish when they working did. Let's with us. They really it would be do. nice if they could. <laughs> but um, our goal is that they're better in some way. Yes. When they leave us, they have some information, some education that they didn't have before. And if they happen to, 
to come back to us, that gives us another opportunity to work with that person to give them more information. Um, if it takes um, between seven and 11 times for a victim to leave their abusive relationship, then each time they come to us, that's one step closer mm -hmm. to that final time when they'll be able to leave. And so what we want to do is be open to giving them um, their options, helping them to build up their self-esteem, to know their self-worth so that one day they, they are, and they are strong. I'm, I believe it takes a lot of strength to stay in an abusive relationship, but they can build on that strength that they already have to be able to walk out the door. Right. And when they come back each time, you may not always have to start on step one. Sometimes you might be able to start on step three or four mm -hmm. and continue with them. Yeah. And we don't, I've heard people use um, terms like revolving door, frequent flyer, when they're talking about um, abuse victims. And how we see it is we get another opportunity mm -hmm. to serve them. We And so we welcome them. Um, with open arms. We're not um, treating them like, oh, you again. No, first of all, I'm glad to see you. I'm glad to see that you're still here with us. With Domestic Violence Awareness Month um, in October, we have a candlelight vigil that we read the names of people who have lost their lives. So when I see someone, a survivor, come through our doors because they've had another incident, I'm just glad they're still here because it could have ended a lot differently for them. And the hope is that it never will. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this information with us today, Deb. Thank you. And hopefully those people who are listening, if you are able to share with a friend or family member. Um, our website is dasismi.org. And once again, the 800 number, 800-828-2023. Thank you for listening to I'm Not In an Abusive Relationship. If these stories resonate with you and you need help, please visit our website, dasasmi.org. That's dasasmi.org. Or call our hotline at 800-828-2023. We are here to walk alongside you. Now, if you know someone who might benefit from our show, please share it. Social media, email, simply telling someone about it, all help us spread the word and help us to combat domestic and sexual violence. We also welcome financial and volunteer support. That information is on our website. Thank you to the staff, volunteers, and board of directors at Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. This podcast is produced with the help of a committee of dedicated advocates. Thank you to WBET Radio in Sturgis, Michigan for the use of their studio. This has been a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence and a production of Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services of Michigan.